Going on, man. It's your boy DJ Money, aka Mr. Oh My God, Oh My God again. And right now, you tune into the sexy Southern girl, Fantastic, on Fantastic Live. DJ Money, but you're old news. <laughs> Welcome to the Fantastic Live show. I'm MC Friend, and I'm here with the legendary DJ Cool, everybody. Round of applause. <laughs> I'm so excited to have him in the building today. Usually I'm each and every Saturday from 8 to whenever we feel like we want to be done. But today we are doing a special date and time for a legendary all-star. And I'm just so grateful for him being here. I'm shaking and everybody knows I don't really get um, starstruck. But today I'm fangirling and shut up. (laughs) 
Um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Ron and my producer. We're here on VoxWave.com. Call us, 240-719-2560. Hello. How are you, friend? I'm doing okay. Don't even look at me right now. <laughs> it's just too much. <laughs> no, just look at me. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. Of course, um, obviously, I'm going to ask you a lot of questions that I'm sure you're sick of answering, but a lot of things that I already know, but maybe my audience may not know about you, so I'm definitely going to, like, dig in deep. You're in my hot seat, but I'm not going to, you know, go too crazy because I want you to come back and then talk to me again. Um, so, first of all, um, I want you to go into, like, the history of yourself. I know that people obviously know you from what you do, but I want to know what else you do. What else is your passion behind? just turntablism which is my all-time favorite thing ever and I want you to teach me how to press all the buttons and turn the tables and do this okay um, but before we get into that I want to talk about what motivated you and what drove you uh, obviously you're from you're from DC um, born and raised DC um, which is an amazing thing I'm just a transplant so I want to say uh, you know uh, there's nothing like DC culture and even not being from here they have and you guys have enveloped me and let me in and I think it's because you know I'm down with mambo sauce and um, a lot of different <laughs> other and go-go music so hey um, so quick you know just we have all the time in the world for you but first of all go into where exactly in DC you're from and um, what schools you went to and all these things that I wouldn't know okay uh, I'm from Southeast 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 Washington DC mm -hmm. Capitol Hill really the okay Hill. Mm -hmm. yes I was uh, 15th and Pennsylvania Avenue South okay okay so right and, in the heart uh, yes and I went to Eastern High School Eastern High School mm -hmm. okay did you go to school with anybody um, in the in the community that we would know noteworthy um, hmm. well that would that would have to be before high school okay uh, that would be Junior High School, to be exact, Randall Junior High School, which is Southwest DC. Okay. Um, people that went to Randall Junior High School that are popular would be somebody or famous <laughs> would be um, Marvin Gaye. Wow, that's beautiful. Marvin Gaye went to Randall Junior High, but obviously not during my time. Right, definitely uh, different time. But I did go to school with Reds from Reds and the Boys. Oh, you did? Uh, go go. Fans. That's wild. Yeah. That's crazy. And also went to school with CJ from CJ's Uptown Crew, and also EU. Uh, <laughs> for all our go-go listeners. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. which I've opened for EU a lot, and I've actually um, had a chance to work with them in the green room when I was working at Bethesda. So mm -hmm. it's an amazing, they're still just going hard, and, and that's an amazing um, oh, yes. amazing thing. So what? how old were you when you felt like this musical energy, that you felt this was your path? Well, first of all, I've had music around me, I guess, all my life, you know what I mean? Just listening to the music that was being played in my household by my mother and my father. Uh, my mother introduced me to a lot of gospel music, people like Mahalia Jackson, nice. and, you know, mm -hmm. all those icons uh, of, of, uh, of gospel music. My father introduced me to the R&B side, people like Sam Cooke and Brooke Benton and all of these cats. The real kings, these, these right? Re right, mm -hmm. the real kings of R&B. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that later. We later. will get to that. <laughs> we have some opinions on that. Jacques, Jacques or whatever your name is. Anyway. God bless him. I know, right? But, um, so that, those were some of my earlier influences. And then probably around my very early 20s, I would say, well, I would say 19, 20, I started going to a club called The Room. 
that used to be on 12th and New York Avenue Northwest. And there was a DJ there uh, that, that went by the name of Arthur Maniac McLeod. And Maniac McLeod was to DC what, at that particular time, I, in my opinion, he was to DC what probably, I don't know, maybe Grandmaster Flash or nice. somebody was at that time nice. to New York. Mm -hmm. uh, to make a long story short, I kind of, he kind of took me under his wings. Oh, that's awesome. And then fast forward a few years later, I wound up being uh, the DJ coming behind him at the room. But before that, um, I started out as a mobile DJ. That's cool. Right? Wow. Working with a, uh, a company called The Sound Service. Shout out to Ashton Greaves, Dr. Ashton Greaves. He's a dentist by trade, graduated from uh, Howard University. Nice. And uh, I worked with him for a year. And uh, we were doing an event. And a very good friend of mine named Keith Jefferson. Shout out to Keith Jefferson. Why is he so important? Because he was the one that said, man, you're good enough to be playing in clubs. He was playing at a place called the Paragon 2. And he said, I'm getting ready to leave the Paragon. I think you should go up there and take my job. Really? So I went up there, and this was 1979. Yeah, that doesn't happen these days. This was 1979. <laughs> wow. He said, you need to be up there. So I went to the Paragon. And I started, and I worked at Paragon 2 from 1979 to 1982 when it closed. So like a residential yeah, type of thing? Well, all, all up, everywhere that I worked, uh, it, it, was, it became a residency for me. Oh, that's awesome. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I left there. Maniac told me, see, look, man, I'm getting ready to leave the room. You need to come down here because I done heard all the stuff that you're doing up at the Paragon. You're killing it. You're the only person that can handle this crowd. This was 19, December 1982. I came to the room, and I worked there from December 1982 to December 1986. My hours were, first of all, I worked there six nights a week. Oh, jeez. I worked there from Tuesday through Sunday, every week for four years. Wow. I was the only DJ there. There was no such thing as opening DJs ah, at that time. Interesting. You had a residency at the club. You worked there from opening to closing. It was all you. Right? Gotcha. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday, I worked from 9 to 2. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. But Fridays and Saturdays, I worked from 9 to 6. Nine, it was 9 to 6 in the morning. Wow. Okay. Back in the, the day when was, that was. The room was legendary like that. I can only imagine what went on in the room. Yeah, a lot of things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but overall, you know, people were just having a good time. And I think the room's capacity might have been about three to 400. I've had people come up to me to this day. As a matter of fact, a shout out to my man Rob Love. Uh, used to be with Def Jam. He's, he's all over the place now. But he said, cool, and he's from New York. Cool, I used to come and see you at the room when I was 16 years old. I used to come down, get on the bus, because the room at that particular time was right across the street from the two bus stations, which was the Trailways and, and the Greyhound bus stations. See, we got a, we got a veteran in That's here. That's why I'm like, I'm glad Ron is here. Right? Shout out to Ron. Yeah, That's what's up. he knows. You probably see me in the room a few times. He knows, but well, don't ask him about football. I want to keep it, you know, non-violent here. talk about he, the he cow later. Cowboys fan over here. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. So I worked at the room, and then uh, the room closed down in, in 86. Okay. And uh, next thing you know, I'm working at other places like the Classics, Eastside, Triples. Where else did I work? 
um, just about all your major urban clubs, um, um, Rhythms, uh, The Legends, uh, Safari Club. Um, never worked Trade Winds. Very close to working at Trade Winds. Um, that didn't happen. That, that happened way later, but that by then, you know, that situation just completely disbanded. And several other clubs. Uh, uh, I sat in a few times at Chapter 3. I sat in a few times at the Mirage. You know, shout out to, to Ron Hunt so and everything. So I was you, all over the place. Do you get a lot of people more so that are like, man, I, I you know, met you, obviously, when you walked in here. It's like mm -hmm. I met you here and here. And you're like, yeah, good to know. I mean, you know, I met you 10 years ago. You're not going to remember. Mm -hmm. But do you get a lot of people who are like, man, I saw you at Legends when I was a kid or Mirage and you, all like, the changed time. the, really? All and the time. those are probably a lot different from the people who are just like, you know, fans of yours, obviously, UK or wherever worldwide because it's like a hometown, you know, thing. Mm -hmm. So I would think, you know, so every day probably you get somebody who has a memory of you which is in pretty freaking cool yeah that's you know awesome I, mean? I remember you monday nights at the classics or thursday nights at the ibex or friday nights at at the east side or you know this and that you know what i mean and how much has changed since then a whole lot just like i said um there was no such thing as an opening dj back then if you worked at the club you worked there from you know from opening to closing now you have openers and you know yeah and so on and so forth mm -hmm. Well, that's um, really interesting, especially since, you know, when you were actually doing that, I was just being born. Um, but, you know, I, I wish I could have been there, but I was in spirit. Yeah. Um, so around that age and then when you were working there, um, did you get to travel a lot outside of the D.C. culture yet? Did you get a chance to break, you know, any records um, just yet? In, in the early 80s, uh, I got a chance to work at a club in Culpeper, Virginia called Jimmy's Lounge. Wow. Shout out to all them people in Culpeper. Yeah. Close to where man, I'm at, yeah. yeah me, mm -hmm. me and my, uh, me and a very good friend of mine who I actually went to high school with, but I didn't meet him until after I left high school, R.G. Really? Ron Garlington. Okay. Shout out to one of my best friends in the world. He ain't worth a damn, but that's oh. my man right there. No, <laughs> well, shout sorry. Out, shout out to R.G. No, that's, that's, that's my guy right there. We started at the Paragon together because he was friends with Keith Jefferson. And so that's yeah. how that whole thing, you know, came together. But, um... Yeah, and a few other clubs. Uh, if you want to fast forward a few years, 1992, um, I picked up a residency in Richmond, Virginia, right, at a place called Ivory's Uptown Lounge. And I worked at Ivory's for two years, from 92 to 94, and I had to go to Richmond and flip it upside down. And that's... <laughs> from here to Richmond. Yes, from here to Richmond. I was there every Tuesday night. We had a college night. Oh, okay. And uh, uh, Ivory's was located on Broad Street in Richmond, Virginia. Shout out yeah. to all those good people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Broad Street in the 804 area code. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Richmond, it's, Petersburg, all that. It's like a dead end, kind of like now. There's nothing really going on in Richmond. There's yeah, a few things going on. Really? I guess yeah. you have to be DJ cool to know. Like the <laughs> underground. Um, but yeah, the differences between um, working as a DJ then and at, at any of these establishments and now, I think, is, is a huge difference. Obviously with the crowd and everything, but with the pay, the culture, the, you know, the just even saying five years ago DC was different than it is now when it came to clubs and stuff. What's the biggest difference you think that it is now and then? Well, just like you mentioned uh, just a moment ago, the pay. Mm -hmm. A lot of these guys, God bless them, I know why they're doing it, but they don't understand what they're doing on the flip side of it. They're going in there 
working these clubs all these hours, five, six hours, $150, $200. Yeah, that's Come on, bad. son. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if you weren't in there entertaining this crowd, it would probably be empty. Right. And for I've, the most part. You know what I mean? Yes. I've had a DJ that took a gym membership um, <laughs> to DJ. And I think that it's obviously disrespectful because it lowballs everybody yes. else. Yes. Right? This is, this is one of the things that I've been preaching to a lot of these young ones. Like, man, you got to know your worth. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because, all right, this is what happened. You need to be in there, club jam pack. It's 1 o'clock. Right? And just, pick, just pack your stuff up and leave. And then watch what happens. Yeah. See? So that way you got to make that club owner respect your position. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You got to do that. A lot of them are scared. Oh, I don't want to lose my little job here at a club. Well, if you're good enough, you're going to get another job. Correct. You don't have to worry about that. That little club isn't you know really going to matter. He, he, he don't care nothing about you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, shout out to... to to, to one of my sons, DJ Rico, I'm so super proud of him right now. But I used to preach to him back in the day, man, you on the radio now, you know what I mean? And you need to go in there, and when you when you, when you you working at these clubs, don't work for no, well, for me, I was telling him, you should go in there for no less than a thousand. I said, that should be your basement number. Nice. You're on the air every day. Yeah. You're doing these people a favor, Absolutely. for real, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be at Sunset later on in the night. And you got that promotion for free. Right. You didn't pay a dime for that. Do you find that the DJs that are... And so now, I'm sorry, so now yeah, he's finally getting what he's worth now. Mm -hmm. But I was preaching that to him years ago, so I'm just glad that he, you know, that he took my advice. So I'm saying, did it, you know, after a while it starts to sink in, starts to sink in I guess, you know, if I would look to Oprah and do what she was doing to try to get to the Oprah level. Mm -hmm. And I see that a lot of these DJs, especially now, like, don't ever pay homage to like the greats and people who came before them to find out exactly what was the hustle. And even though it's different, they're so, it's so oversaturated with DJs, but what makes you stand out? Mm -hmm. And I just feel like, just like, again, they're taking any type of pay. And I, I've hosted a lot of clubs out here in DC with a lot of different DJs I've met that night. Mm -hmm. And some of them really don't know how to read the crowd. And they're playing all this music. People are just standing around and I'm just like, I, I'm, they're like Googling on their phone, what should I play? And I'm like, how did you even get in here? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So do you find that any of these DJs locally, are there any of them that you really kind of, besides Rico, that you took under your wing and that listened to you? Well, Rico, DJ Flex, um, a lot of them, I didn't get a chance to like put my hands on them, you know, directly, but a lot of them tell me that they were influenced by me in some way or another. I remember Quicksilver telling me some stuff, and I'm like, get out of here. i never <laughs> seen you at none of my parties or what have you. He was like, really? trust me, I took a lot of cues from you, a, a lot of guys, you know what I mean? And so um, I'm appreciative of that. I'm appreciative of the fact that I was able to lay a foundation, you know what I mean, and, 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 and create a legacy for a lot of these young ones to follow. Absolutely. You know, even, and, 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 and even uh, a lot of these new artists and everything. Um, I was the first one to come out of here on, on, on the hip hop side of things to go national. So tell me about you know, that. That was the Music Ain't Loud Enough, 1986. Nice. 1986. And then after that, I put people like DC Scorpio, I put him on. He came, he, my cousin, DJ Melo T, shout out to Melo T, <laughs> my cousin. All right. Um, 
He bought DC Scorpio to me when he was 16 years old. Oh, okay. Okay. And uh, by then, I had a few records out then, and they were moving around the city real heavy, getting a whole lot of heavy airplay and this and that on all the local stations. And um, I was like, man, this, you know, I work with this guy uh, in Job Corps, and he can rap. So I said, okay, so let me hear him. So he, he you know, he gave me a few bars. I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. So it just happened to be, um, uh, they were having a rap contest down at the, uh, then it was, was it Chapter 3 or Mirage at that time? I can't remember. It might have been Mirage at that time. Once again, shout out to old Ron Hunt, and uh, who was the owner of Chapter okay. 3 of Mirage at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I brought him down there, and he won. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he did. He nice. won, um, which I, I expected him to win. And uh, excuse me. So shortly after that, somehow or another, I think he had gotten with Donnell Floyd with Rare Essence. And they got together, and they put together a song for him called Stone Cold Hustler. And that was the next record that came out of here, hip hop wise. Okay, gotcha. That came out, and then you got people like Stinky Dink that hooked up with Rasses, and I think uh, all of that was due to uh, Donnell Floyd at the time. And um, if I'm wrong, then somebody correct me. But I, I think that Donnell Floyd was the guy that kind of brought the hip hop influence into Rare Essence. Nice. At okay. the time, okay. you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So you got people like Stinky Dink that came through rest, and Stinky Dink had one track mind. Uh, Fat Rodney, may he rest in peace. But he was about to do some stuff too. He had a song. Um, what was the name of that song that Fat Rodney had? Um, Busting out, where they kind of replayed the old Rick James busting out, and he was rhyming over that. But Fat Rodney was extremely talented. May he rest in peace. And um, had he lived, he would have been a legend. For sure. So, do you? What do you think was the hardest for uh, to to kind of get out there? The hip hop side or the go go side? Well, for me, I'm the guy that's always been the bridge between the nice. two. That's what music ain't loud enough was all about. Taking our sound, the go go sound, and mixing it with the hip hop sound. Gotcha. You know, like arranging it like a hip hop record and using samples and using hip hop tight cadences when I'm rhyming and stuff like that. But over the go go beat, as you know, using the go go beat as sure. the backbeat. And so that was my contribution, and that was in 86. That's really cool. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so by the time, now I had records consecutively on the Billboard charts from 86 every year all the way up wow. to 1996. Okay. Right? But in between that, I started doing my records live. I had a record in 1994 called 20 Minute Workout. Then, uh, ah, mm -hmm. uh, ah, ah, that mm -hmm. one, and the mm -hmm. whole up, wait a minute, which is actually a hook from old New York, you know what I'm saying? Party, party scene, let's put it that way. And um, Are most of your um, songs that were on the charts all recorded live? No, no, no. My live recordings didn't start until 20 Minute Workout, which gotcha. is 1994. Gotcha. And so after that, you had 20 Minute Workout. The next live recording was I Got That Feeling, which mm -hmm. was the old Red Essence hook that mm -hmm. I flipped and whatnot. Uh, and then after that, let me clear my throat, which was, you know, the blessing. Yeah. Like the cherry on top of the cake right which there. Which is absolute blessing. And um, one of the samples that just kind of like took off and went out of this world. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, lots of people don't really know that history. Tell me about that history. Like from the budding, uh, w what was the original thought and idea that made you even come to put all of that together? So clear my throat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. No, no. Oh. This happened as um, an accident. Yeah. It happened in a club one Most night. Most blessings. At at Ivory's. Okay. Um, 
remember I was playing at Ivory's every week. And I had these particular routines that I'd done every week, so the crowd had gotten to know these routines. The 20-minute workout was the one. Um, let me clear my throat. Me using the 900 number was my way of getting out of my go-go set and going into my hip-hop set. Okay, nice. So this particular night, I was playing 900 number, and I was getting ready to say something to the crowd because I've always been that guy. I'm that DJ slash MC. Right, which is another thing so I definitely want to talk about. MC, yeah. You know what I mean? So I was getting ready to say something to the crowd. Something actually got caught in my throat. I coughed. And I was like, okay, I got to cover this one up. So the first thing that came to mind as the, the most spontaneous thought that I can think was to use a line from my old Beastie Boys record. Uh, yep. Right, Paul Revere. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I said, Goosebumps. let me clear my throat. <laughs> Go crazy. When I said, let me clear my throat. And the rest of it, the hammer, see me. I hope you don't mind. Those are what I like to call Chuck Brownisms. <laughs> you know, just this little spontaneous mm -hmm. stuff that he would say. Gotcha. So... Um, the next week, people, uh, or, or the following weeks, people will come in, cool, you gonna clear your throat tonight? You gonna clear your throat? I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? Oh, I know what they're talking about. That foolishness that I was doing a wow, couple weeks back. Wow, that's crazy. So, um, it came time for me to record 20-minute workout. Okay. And we recorded it live at Ivory's. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, recorded live at Ivory's, one take, and uh, I'm gonna explain the uh, recording process. Or oh, the way that we Please. recorded that. In a, in a few, but um, so I recorded. I did. The, I did the exact same thing that I did when I made the mistake. I was doing a twenty-minute workout. I said, "Hold up, wait a minute." I dropped the nine hundred number and I went into the clear my throat so-called routine. Whereas I was just saying what I, what 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 wound up becoming the hook for the song. Okay, so twenty-minute workout comes out. I get a call from a DJ in New York called Don. Mystic Mac. He said, cool, you got all these, and he's out of Philadelphia. He said, cool, you got all these people in Philly going off on this go-go thing if you're talking about the 20-minute workout record. He said, well, what they're really rocking to is whatever you're doing over the 900 number, talking about clearing your throat and coughing and all that kind of stuff. He oh, said, you one. need to come in Philly. He said, you need to come to Philly, right? They're having a big show up here. They had a thing called a powerhouse up there, a big radio show. He said, you need to come in and check it out. So me and my DJ at the time, DJ 20, shouts out to him. That's the guy you hear me talking about, uh, uh, um, 20. Not People think I'm saying Tony, but I'm saying 20, like the number 20, all right? Uh, when like I say 20, real, real <laughs> 20, hit here. 20 hit me with the horns, that guy. So uh, we up there, and DJ Rand is up there playing. He's another very popular, he's, he's a DJ legend in, uh, in Philadelphia. And he's doing the intermission, so he drops this clear my throat routine. 16,000 people in the core states and everybody up on their feet. Me and 20 looking around. I'm like, whoa, do you know the little light bulb that comes up over your head? Big idea. <laughs> the epiphany. So I'm like, all right, here we go. Let me go ahead. It's time to make this a song. So I came home and uh, I set up a recording situation. We had a show in Philly coming up anyway, so I told, I let everybody know, look, we're going to record. Let me clear my throat live in Philadelphia at Bahama Bay. Gotcha. So we had the live set up. We did it in one take. One take. Right? Because to the audience, the only thing they know is that we're, we're performing. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. And basically the only thing I was doing was recording the live performance. Gotcha. The same way that I did with 20-Minute Workout, which once again I'll explain in a moment. So um, 
He did the record, it came out, and the rest is history. And that is pretty much the story of Let Me Clear My Throat. That's so crazy, especially that you just did it in one take. And mm -hmm. just to have the audience react in the way that they do, and you don't really know if they're going to. I kind of figured they would yeah. because the 900 number is a classic breakbeat, mm -hmm. number one. Number two, they all they were already familiar with the routine True somewhat. Mm -hmm. uh, the stuff that I was saying as far as the little call and response routines, basic hip-hop. 101, okay. when I say this, you say that. Gotcha. Real simple, what I like to call idiot music, in my <laughs> opinion. You know what I mean? And uh, so it was simple, and that's pretty much the basis of all DJ cool music. Stuff that you know, stuff that you're familiar with, stuff that's very easy to respond to. Nice, the presence, which teach, uh, um, that teaches me a lot, because how come when you say it, they respond, but when I'm like this, they're just like quiet. I'm like, <laughs> fine. Um, so I think that that's an amazing thing, and the fact that um, I I'm even learning from that, you know, and I'm not even a DJ yet. Um, but I think, so how quickly, at, we'll take a break in a second, but how quickly after that night when you recorded that, did things just go pew? Almost immediately. It was crazy. I mean, the record came out and boom, we were on the road. Before I knew anything, we were on the road. We were on the road five nights a week, every week for three years. Wow. Off that one single. That's hard, too, though. Who does that? Yeah. No, it's not. Nobody does that. You're the only one. Unless you're the Rolling Stones or something crazy True like enough, that. which would, you would be up there with the same That's amount, it. you know, legends. Um, I don't know about that, but I, do. I appreciate it. <laughs> So right after that, then what happens? You do that, you go on the road, you go on tour. When was the first time you went overseas and knew that, wow, these people know who I am. They know the song. You know, this is, this is really happening. Well, I'd already, um, I'd already done a few things back and forth overseas. Gotcha. Um, shouts out to uh, my boy, old Marvin Coburn, if you're listening, yo. Marvin, be. Marvin, <laughs> Marvin was uh, was in the Air Force at the time in Germany. Okay. And he was a DJ at the time as well. And I think that his job in, in, in the last part of his uh, career in the military, he was in charge of um, entertainment, bringing entertainment over. Oh. So he, uh, and this was way before Clear My Throat, this might have been a couple years before Clear My Throat came out, I think. Well, this was around 20 minute workout time, so 94, 95. Gotcha. I think 1995 was the first time that I ever got a chance to go <clears throat> to go overseas. Where was the and first place you went? Germany. Sorry. Germany. Germany, because that's where he was based mm -hmm. at. So we did, we did like the military circuit. Really? Mm -hmm. That's so crazy. I didn't know that they had their own like. I guess maybe they don't do that anymore. But where yeah. they do still. Yeah. Really? You got, a, you got a bunch of Americans over there. True enough. You know. So. I guess maybe because Marines aren't very fun. Um, don't tell my parents that. Not. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, for the I most part, like in Germany, um, from what I've seen, you have uh, Air Force, uh, Army, Air Force and Army, mm -hmm. and I've seen Navy over there too. I did not see any, any Marine Corps presence oh, okay. in Germany, not that I knew of. Yeah, was, I don't think. But so. just like I said, he was in the Air Force, so we were, you know, going uh, in his circles. 
So I think it's pretty cool that you're able to, you know, have this hit record and more than just one, you know, all these hit records and all these production credits, and you've been able to kind of stand on your own. It's not like you and another MC. Let's go back to what you were saying. Like, you're able to, where I've seen a lot of DJs, don't, they, they won't talk, or they, ha they don't say anything, or they need me to come in and, like, talk to people. And I think, well, well that's crazy. If you could just sew it up all in one package, uh, wouldn't that be what you want to do? Well, I mean, that depends on your personality. Some people are extroverts, some people are introverts. True enough. I am an extreme extrovert. You know what I mean? I think it has a lot to do with what's going on with me as far as my astrological side and what, is concerned. And you're, I'm a Pisces. You're such a Pisces. And we are too. absolutely the best <laughs> on the planet. Such a Pisces. Yes. Only Pisces okay. would say that, too. <laughs> just saying. But, yeah, but, you're right. Uh, yeah, and I guess just my overall knack uh, for, 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 for what I do. You know, just, just having the overall knack is what I meant to say mm -hmm. for what I do, what I'm able to do. Um, and basically, I'm just up there having fun. You know, a lot of cats come up to me, cool, I can't, you know, I don't know what to say, you know, when I'm up there. I, don't know. I say, man, this is what you do. You just act like everybody out there came to see you. All of those people are your friends, they're your personal friends. Act the same way that you act when you're around all your buddies. Like organic. Mm -hmm. That's it. Just have a good time. If they see you having a good time, then they'll have a good time. Right. If they see, like, you don't know and you're all nervous or whatever. And that's, I think, the best uh, advice to give. You know, when you go on stage, just act like you're just having and the most amazing fun, fun party. Yeah, have for fun. sure. Um, we're going to take a quick break. And I'm a horrible DJ, so I don't know why Ron makes me play my own music. Um, you but Public Enemy music? Uh, I love, I love PE. I could play Public Enemy. I yeah. just don't want to get blocked. Which I'm really Locked good at, for what? because they YouTube doesn't like oh. when you you know what I mean. But usually I get away with it because of Ron and I. We always play you know like '90s and, and older between the two of us. I tell you what, play my song, have a good time. That's Let's on do me. that. Let's do that. Then I block my stuff. They better because he look YouTube. He's saying <laughs> it's cool. So literally. Um, so we'll take a quick break and we'll come right back. I'm going to go ahead and um, set this up. I don't want it to be. Oh, what a cute picture. My daughter's calling, so oh, this is good. We can that is, a break. Oh, sorry. I'm not, you back. know. Well, that's a, it's good timing for sure. All right. Well, uh, thank you um, so much uh, for tuning in this fantastic live show. Clearly, I'm at a loss for words, but we will be right back with DJ Cool. Trying to get on the floor with the first 10 I see Then again, if you ain't even the 10 
chance to give back to the community by helping a child have a happy holiday. Stop by Voxwave Studios, 4711 Off Place, Suitland, Maryland, and donate all your unwrapped toys no later than December 20th. It's our second annual toy drive sponsored by Urban Style Media, Voxwave.com, and Star Imports, the home of the boutique car buying experience. So enjoy your holidays and give back to the kids of the DMV. Business owners, looking for a place to advertise your business and promote your products and services? VoxWave is the right place. We have over 10,000 views a day and 70,000 listeners a month. For more information, contact Reg Gaskins at 240-832-4455. VoxWave now features a streaming radio media player on our website's front page where local artists can get their music played 24-7. For more information on getting your music in rotation or to perform live at our studio, contact Reg Gaskins at 240-832-4455. Android users, the VoxWave app is now available in the Google Play Store. Download the app today on your Android device to listen in and view programs. DJ Rick Entertainment. DJ Rick Entertainment, hottest DJ in the DMV area, CEO of Step Your Game Up and the Youth Project Show, the DJ on the Heartbeat Conga Hour, and sound engineer for a variety of bands. DJ Rick Entertainment is your number one company for all your stage and sound event needs. Call 202-390-1151. That's 202-390-1151. DJ Rick Entertainment.
live show I'm MC friend give me a call 240-719-2560 I know you guys all love to call during the breaks I don't understand that or text me which is so weird um, but I'm just so grateful to be here I have the legendary DJ cool by my side so essentially I'm already cooler than you already <laughs> um, so this is literally I mean I have been blessed enough to um, have my photographer who is a family uh, who is kind of like family to like Red Man Method Man and yes. Mr. Cheeks and everything. So Not I got family. right. So you're actual like family. But I um, got the chance to kind of tour with Mr. The Lost Boys and meet all of these amazing people that you kind of just, they call you probably like uncle or something. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so what what is that like? This whole resurgence, which I've been lucky enough to be a part of, and in, in a small way of of kind of older music. My generation, your generation music that people would call, you know, whatever, older music, 90s and, and things like that has had a chance. And I guess hip hop always comes full circle oh, yeah. in like some everything. way mm -hmm. or another. But this whole resurgence of allowing people like you and, and Red and Meth and all these people to come back and perform again mm -hmm. to a new audience of people who may or may not have even known who Wu-Tang Clan was or whatever. Mm -hmm. What is that like? Um, well, You're able to do all, it again. Yeah, I mean, well, over um, over everything else, it's a blessing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the fact that our audience is still out here. Right. And they love us, and they still want to see us. Right. Um, now, they may, well, when they do get an opportunity to come see us, they come out. Like, for an example, I, I just got a chance to um, to perform with Wu-Tang Clan. I came out with Redman at a... Um, an anthem for the uh, uh, Wu-Tang's 25-year anniversary, 25th-year anniversary. By the way, thank you, Capadonna, for not calling me back, so I didn't get to go. Um, but, you know, I'm not holding any grudges or anything. Sorry. That was, Sorry. That was, that was incredible. That was. Um, and so, you know, once again, it's a blessing. Yes, absolutely. And it gives us a chance to, to keep doing what, what we've been doing. And it's like you just hop back into it like it was, yeah. you know, time. Because you've just been going. It's not like you guys just, like, stopped, you right. know, and didn't a lot of us. Right, perform or anything. Yeah. You just con continuously keep going. And I know probably 
you know, at, at nauseum to where it's like you probably wake up from your nightmares like, <coughs> you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. and it's it's but at the same time, it's your blessing and it still puts food on your table and still able to probably pay for your daughter's college and yes, all these indeed. different things. <laughs> right. Um, because the expenses never die. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that it is a beautiful thing to be able to, um, you know, not only bring it back for people like me who grew up listening to it, but also to this new class of people who have no idea what real, mm -hmm. what I would consider real hip hop and lyrical, you know, styles and, and, and sampling actual real, you know, music and, and not just mumbling over a trap beat. What do you think about that? You're not allowed to say anything hey. about that. <laughs> I can talk trash about that because I don't I, make music. I think um, that's for them. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And they're just trying to do exactly what any other Wu-Tang member would do, is put food on the table and, like, feed their families or whatever. And I guess right now it is what it's hot. That's what's hot. And it took, like, Joe Claire when I sat down with him in his interview when it was, like, three years ago and I was talking all this shit about the Migos and stuff. And he was like, listen, like, they created a whole new swag, a whole new genre of music, and you can't really hate on that. I would agree. Um... But but I would also like to say on top of that is I'm not going to put that in the category of hip-hop. Correct. Because it's not. Uh, it doesn't have anything to do with the principles of the culture. What a good way to put it. Okay. Yeah. And um, peace, love, unity, and having fun. And I like to put education in there as well. Right. Those are the principles. And those are the legs that the culture stands on. And if your music doesn't have any of those principles in there, one way or the other, it's not, it's not hip hop. It's not hip hop, and and, that, and that's the thing. It's, Sorry, it's, yeah. Like it's maybe maybe it's some sort of derivative, which, in my opinion, that's what it is. But it's not hip hop. Now, you have a lot of um, new artists that are kind of sticking to the code and you know sticking to the culture and everything. Uh, but it's sad to me because a lot of them, the majority of them, not all of them, but the majority of them are underground. And it's like they're keeping them underground. Any names? Um, God, I don't, it's, I like this guy named R.J. Payne. I like this guy right here. Uh -oh. He's got that DMX energy. Really? Yes. Which is really hard to R. follow. R.J. Payne, he's out of Philly. He used to be a battle rapper. Which is Awesome. I and love battle rap. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, what was his battle rap name? His battle rap name, hmm, it escapes me right now. I'll probably come back around to it mm -hmm. uh, momentarily. But R.J. Payne, uh, and there's so many. A lot of good female artists are underground, like, you know, uh, uh, with, with, with a lot of lyrical talent. A lot of them are underground. But the ones that I like, that just happened to make it above ground. I'm a very big fan of Rhapsody. I love her. You know what I mean? And then you have people like Kendrick and J. Cole and mm -hmm. people like that. I'm a very big Drake fan. A lot of people don't like Drake. But Drake's Drake awesome. Drake's a hot pin. For 10 years uh, consecutively, mm -hmm. he's been doing it. Mm -hmm. And you can't, you know, can't take away from that. And I'm mm -hmm. glad that you said that because, mm -hmm. you know, he, he doesn't, he, he studied the basics of hip hop before mm -hmm. he just kind of, or rap before he just kind of blew up and came out there. And that's mm -hmm. why he keeps winning because he knows how the elements of it. He knows, you know, how to derive from things and, and uses the past culture to create this new music mm -hmm. and hit songs. And, mm -hmm. and that's exactly what we need. Mm -hmm.
people like him, Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne is extremely yes. lyrical. He's yes. probably the metaphor king. Yes, absolutely. And we're not, you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, those little groups like Migos and stuff like that, just like I said, that's their thing, mm -hmm. and they're winning over there, and that's fine, but do not call that hip-hop. I'm sorry. Y'all can, you know, call I mean, it whatever you want. You heard it right here, but for sure. it's not hip-hop. Right. But I ain't mad at you for, no. you know, for getting your money. I ain't mad at you for that, but no, nah, you're not a part of this. So you know do you I mean? think that that full circle will, will come back when lyric, because I mean, Big Punisher is my number one. Oh, yeah. So when I say that, people are just like, whoa, like it's so, you know, obviously you're not going to be able to come out rapping in, you know, in the lyrical style that he did and just in the way that he did that. But at the same token, like lyrics matter to me clearly because he's, you know, to me, the number one lyricist of all time. Do you think that hip rap will be able to come back and have that. Um, I guess you did say that. There are some people underground who, yeah, underground who are willing slowly to. Slowly but surely they're coming above ground now True. because of the internet. Where everybody can blow up in a hot minute. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, just like all the little SoundCloud rappers and whatnot, right. that's how they did it. So a lot of these underground rappers, they're coming up. And you can't stop good lyrics. I mean, right. you know, you just can't. Right. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm sorry. You can do whatever you want. But at the end of the day, you can't stop somebody that got a hot pen. So what do you think of this new social media culture where everybody is waiting for that one second, that one 60 seconds clip that's going to make them blow up? I feel like people aren't really caring about the integrity of anything. They're just putting whatever out there because who knows, maybe my 60 seconds, somebody will click on that and I'll go viral. And they don't necessarily care what they're going viral for um, I guess, musically. I, I, guess, I guess I'm going to go back and quote a line from a, a old Earth, Wind and Fire record, that's the way of the world. True enough. And I hate it. I think it's sad. It is what it is, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So you just have to find your way around it. Um, well, I don't know, I guess I guess, I guess, guess I could say it's a gift and a curse, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's a curse and in fact, it seems like anybody, just anybody could blow up now, you know what I mean? Right. But it's a gift in the fact that Anybody can blow up now. True enough. You know what I mean? Touché. I mean, I know that might sound crazy, but if yeah. you think about it, right. yeah. But it's just like, you know, I kind of feel like sometimes people make these ra irrational statements, you know, kind of like saying, I'm the king of R&B, I'm the <laughs> queen of hip-hop, I am all this, and it kind of you know, does what we were speaking about earlier. It does what it's supposed to. It creates this, you know, buzz and people are talking, but then it's just like, you know, you have people who feel like, well, why do you have to keep putting people in categories? Why does Nicki Minaj have to be the queen of this? Or Cardi B be the princess of that? Mm -hmm. Or Jacques Quais, whatever, Quavo, or whatever his <laughs> name is. Let's talk about that real quick. So, you know, he made a statement over the course of the week that's saying he was the king of R&B, and obviously Twitter went crazy and social and media went else. nuts. <laughs> right? And it's like, well, um, excuse me, what happened to the R. Kelly's and even just the Chris Browns and, you know, all these different people? So. Well, I guess in his defense, like in that much of his defense, <laughs> he, was, he did say that he was speaking of the people from, from this era, from his era. But he was still wrong He's about still wrong. that. Because as long as people like Chris Brown, are still alive. Correct. And that's just one guy. Right. And he's just an all-around entertainer. You can't get much better than this generation right after mine where yeah. he came, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of a huge 
disrespect thing. But Chris Brown probably cracked the hell up. He probably probably. <laughs> when he probably. heard it, he was like, you know what? Hey. And he knows he doesn't even have to respond nah, because nah. of who he is. So mm-hmm. who who would you put at the top of the list? Uh, you know, before I ask you your for top me, five. For me, I would say Chris Brown. Right. Okay. Um, I like Trey Songz. Trey Songz you know, is pretty all, good. All, all of these cats. Um. I don't know. I mean, they're not really, you know what I mean, my, my, my generation, per se. Let's go back a couple generations. <sighs> my God, you'd have to go way back. Like, I think you got a picture of one of them up here somewhere. Mm-hmm. Where did I see? I thought I seen Marvin in here somewhere. And you know, I'm in here right. like, almost Boom, every Marvin day, and, and I don't even, oh. <laughs> There's one of them right there. Right. I mean, I've got so many. You don't even want to get me started. Well, there. if I were to ask you, which I'd love to do, your top five artists of all time, dead or alive. Good God. I want to hear There's it. one. Well, got to pay homage to Chuck Brown. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, James. Um, for me, Prince. Michael Jackson. What a good list. Uh, and those are just guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Aretha. See, mine is way more than five. You, yeah. Like, yeah. Especially for a DJ, it's like. Yeah, you know, it's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah, it definitely I mean, is. I just love to stump. Music-wise, I mean, not even, not even just, you know, R&B. Um, when I was talking to you about gospel music a moment ago, people like Mahalia Jackson. A lot of people don't know how important she was to gospel. You know what I mean? And her contribution. So, yeah, next question. Is that yeah. too vast? Definitely a hard question. Yeah. So, um, now, just tell me now what's next for you. Where do you? What do you plan on doing now? I know that you have all these production credits to your name. Are you producing anything right now for anybody? or? Actually, um, I've never done any production for no. anyone else. Anybody except for, okay. Gotcha. But only for myself. Gotcha. Um, the latest thing that's going on in my life is a DJ Cool and Snoop Dogg collabo that... Uh, me and the dog master I might are pass out. right. <laughs> I might just pass out. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're 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 cooking that up right now. Shouts out to my nephew, the legendary Snoop Dogg. You know oh what I mean? God. Congrats on that style on the Walk of Fame. Right? Major. About time, right? Yes, Snoop is somebody yes, who I, I don't even have to explain to you. Just the culture and. Another thing that irritates me and bothers me because it's like cool to be gangster now and all these different things and people throwing out this and that and like when it wasn't cool and this man was on trial for all these different things, mm-hmm. you know, where was this like love and energy for the streets or whatever? Mm-hmm. But he managed to come out of that and 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 still remain relevant for 25 you know years or whatever and mm-hmm. put out hits and greats and not only that, Snoop does a lot for the community. Yep. And you know people don't really you know uh, people know that but they don't really kind of give him you know his just due props with that. And anybody who can get on stage with a middle America white woman, or I'm sorry, not on stage, but, you know, <laughs> in front of the camera yeah. Yeah. with a middle America white woman and have this rapport, you know, not too many people can do that. Snoop can do anything, like literally. He's a real person. Yeah. He really, really is. Me and that guy have had a chance to sit down here within the last couple of weeks. Right. And we are really bonded. You know what I mean? Snoop is exactly as advertised he's a real cat he's not gonna throw you any curveballs you know what i mean he's throwing it straight down the middle at you 
Always the same. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good folks. You know what I'm saying? Trustworthy person. Me and him have had some very, just like I said, just two weeks time. But when I first met him, first of all, he, he called me out. Right? Because I remember a few weeks back he was in town. Mm -hmm. He was moving around and everything. And he, and he had, uh, he Doing had done amazing records. things out here. Yes. He was, uh, 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 shout out to Snoop for that redemption of a dog play. Good work. I got a chance to witness it. Excellent. And um, he did work with Red Essence, with my squad, Red Essence, you already know. And uh, he did a record with them. He did a record with the other family here, Backyard. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Big Shout G, to Wincy. Backyard. Yes, indeed. I love you, Big G. All right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so then he reached out to me. And so uh, I showed up. And he was like, look, man, I did, a I did a record with Razzis. I did a record with Backyard. He said, but I've been trying to do records with you for years. Crazy. I'm like, what? <laughs> he said, yeah. He says, um, I've been trying to reach out to you. Wouldn't nobody give me a way to reach you? Um, he said he spoke to a mutual friend whose name I'm not going to mention. He said, but I said, well, he has my phone number. He's had my phone number since the 80s. Let's wow. put it that way. And I said, I don't know why he wouldn't give me that information. Yeah, that's something that he might want to, uh, like, drop a little bit on you. Like, but, to let you know. but he said, don't worry about it, man. He said, but I, well, I told him, don't worry about it. I'm right here in front of you. What's good? He said, man, I want to I wanna rock with you, blah, 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 this and that. No problem. So uh, I told him that I had some stuff already ready. And he said, I want it. He said, I can't wait to hear it. And I said, well, you will most definitely hear it. That's yeah. for sure. But the crazy thing is, these songs that I produced, they were uh, originally going to be DJ Cool records, and I was just kind of setting on them, you know, just kind of waiting for the right time, waiting for the right season and whatnot. And um, so to make a long story short, he came back this past weekend, and he hit me up early one morning. Yo, what's up with them facts? Snoop what's wakes up, up early? No, yeah, he was up early. This, well, he was out of town, <laughs> and he was on his way uh, up here. They were in Richmond, as a matter of fact. Really? Yeah, they did a real nice show down there. They have the uh, uh, Puff Puff Pass tour going nice. on okay. right now. Mm -hmm. And um, so he had to come here to DJ at Echo Stage. Okay. So he invited me, and uh, I actually uh, had a meeting with him earlier just me and him, and uh, so we could really sit down and listen to the songs. And so I presented him three songs, uh, two go-go songs and one reggae record. And so right now, uh, there's one that, if everything goes as planned, it will be a collabo between me and him. This other one, I would like to be myself, Snoop, and Killer Cal for Red Essence. I already spoke to Cal about this. And this reggae one that I have, I would like to do it with myself, Snoop, and Buju Banta. Uh, welcome home, by the way. You know what I'm saying? Because, mm -hmm. you know, he ready. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That so would I be just Snoop, crazy. I, I'm hey, listen, and, but I'm crazy about Buju anyway. I'm yeah. a huge fan. Yeah, you know for I mean? sure. Um, so I told him, I said, yo, I don't have a way to get in contact with Buju. He said, don't worry about that. I got that part. So, you know. We plan on that, and it's going to come together. So the last thing that, that Snoop told me was that he was definitely going to be reaching out because uh, the plan is to bring me to L.A. Nice. Because I have the tracks mm -hmm. and everything, and so we get out there and record, and we can, 
you know, rock as long as we want to. And I'm coming along with you. Hey. Um, just saying. Uh, <laughs> More <laughs> support. You that know is, mean? yeah, that is just amazing. So please keep me in the loop of that. Mm -hmm. Please yep. let me have that music whenever you can. Mm -hmm. I would, it would just make my whole life like that's amazing, especially somebody that is from California who is just like everything, you know, Snoop is everything to me. Um, so I appreciate just, just having two like legendary people come, three if you have Buju, mm -hmm. like in that, it's just, uh, that's the type of stuff that makes me just excited, you know? You know the um, crazy thing was uh, I actually made him an actual uh, resident here now. Oh, you did? I kind of, you know, dubbed him like. You <laughs> United him. Yes, yeah. yes, I knighted him as a, um, a resident of the DC Gold. Who better than so. you? <laughs> he can't really get much better, which is why he called on you. I mean, honestly, I know I'm gonna get in trouble for saying that, but I don't care. Yeah, um, and, 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 and um, because we really appreciate him. You right. know what I mean? Not too many people come from somewhere else that are a part of a completely different culture right. to come to embrace our culture. Because, you know, because of this brother right here, mm -hmm. may he rest in peace always, Chuck, um, created this culture and this legacy for us to follow. Right. And so for somebody like Snoop, you know, being on the level that he is, and once again, coming from somewhere completely different that has a completely different culture than ours, to come and embrace our culture, then yeah, you gotta. You it's know, a beautiful thing, and it's yeah, right on you time. Take the sword and tap yes. him on the shoulder. Really. Yes, yeah. and now he feels like a noble mm -hmm. knight. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And people talk about Go Go's dead and all this type of thing, but it's no. actually it's so alive and well here. And just as you say, like me coming, you know, being a transplant from out there, and every time I go back home, take elements of here and take it there. I think that if you know, if people like. If other people along the lines of Snoop did what he did, like it would just let people know exactly we st we're still out here doing it and doing it well. Well, I appreciate what he said. One of the last things he told me um, at the end of our first meeting was, I don't think that Gogo gets the props that it deserves. Right. He said, I've always felt that way. He said, but don't worry about it. I'm going to do something about that. That's so crazy. And he was like, that's why I got you here. That's wild. And those were his last things. Well, from the first meeting mm -hmm. that he told me, I was like, "Well, you know what, DJ Cool?" <laughs> In my head, like, you know, you gotta appreciate that. So, all the work that I've been doing all of these years is not, you know, gonna wind up being in vain. You know, absolutely you know, not. I've always, and everybody here that knows anything about anything, they know I've always put on for my city yeah. musically. Always. That's why I've even made like this hat that I have on. This is like a trademark. If you can see. Like my logo and whatnot. That's so cute. You know what I, mean? I love the whole. I, I love that, every, I everything that. about your yeah. jacket. Just screams. Look at the metro. Like everything. This is this is um, wow. This right here is done by um, Patchwork Customs. Okay. You know what I mean? You can look. You can you can check them out on, uh, on IG. For sure. And they were the ones that came out with this. Right can I just say here. I want well, the shout DJ out to Cool? My man, Big Wayne. I want to um, get one just like it. Yeah, big one. Like he does easy. He has them in all colors. He has all types of stuff. So, yeah, patchwork custom. And it is your trademark. It's my mic. Oh, okay. You got it. And it, is your, uh, and it is your trademark. <laughs> and everywhere you go, people are familiar with you and where you're from. There's no ever, nobody's ever saying, where is DJ Cool, you know, from? Where is he based out of? You got You've always been the same. 1,000 people that might say Maybe say that, that one you know person I mean? living under a rock yeah. um, that I don't ever want to know. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's a beautiful thing. It's an amazing thing. Thank you so much for continuing to carry on this legacy. And I don't think you're ever going to, like, stop no, or retire or any of those things. I cannot. But 
I, I know for sure people like me will make sure that your legacy always continues and always goes on and always pay homage to you because it's just, why, why wouldn't I? That's what I do. That's what I'm here for, you know? And I want people to realize if you want to be successful, you have to look to the people who have done this already, mm -hmm. you know, and look to the people and, and see what they did. And it's kind of like remaining true to yourself, true to your roots, and true to the basics of hip-hop. Yeah. And one day you're going to be on Oprah's level. Stop it, because I'm going to cry. And we all know gangsters don't cry. Why not? <laughs> yes, I would. I, I would hope I mean? so. Yeah. And I think, and I was dubbed that by um, Heaven Lansky, was his name, a real long time ago, who called me the DC Oprah. And so I've always just been trying to not live up to that, because it's just a natural thing that I do. But to make sure that everything, every step that I make and do is for the culture and for good and for you know. So when my, when I, if I. I'm gone, my legacy will live on as somebody who brought the people in and got to know the people and mm -hmm. got to know the core and, and kept the same values and always still be the same person. And I'm so grateful that you would say that. Yep. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Please I keep me. That. Don't. I really will cry. <laughs> because like every because I, you know, I am um, much obliged and I do this for the love of it and for uh, the love of DC and DMV as a whole, and I'll never stop. Question. Answer. Nobody ever questions. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question for her. Uh -oh. What brought you here? So um, both of my parents were Marines. So okay. we came Semper from Fi. Semper Fi. So we came um, from California and went to Quantico okay. on the base and everything. Mm -hmm. My parents were never married because my mother knew better. Hmm. Um, and so my father was a pilot. So we kind of just stayed here. I did grow up and go to. Um, high school in Florida in Jacksonville okay. so that was cool but my family was up here so it was kind of like okay well um, I missed them and so I got up here and I was working I've been a bartender for almost 20 years that's what I've been doing in the food mm. industry and so now I kind of work for myself as a mobile type of bartender mm. um, so I feel like a you know a DJ because I have my own equipment I go here mm. um, but anyway so I was working at a bar um, and the DJ there was like well I'm about to do a um, radio show and I just wanted to get a couple of you girls on there to sit at a panel kind of like um, What's the one with Barbara Walters and Star Jones and like all them? The View, and the all view that. right? Mm -hmm. So we sat down and my in the local town of Fredericksburg. Okay. Um, and we did the View, and it just went boom. But mm. you know, when it comes to five women sitting on a panel, it doesn't last very long, right? So of course there was that kind of infighting type thing because I had a lot of people calling me, you know, because everybody really knew me in the town. Um, so. He asked me, do you want to have your own show? And I was like, sure. So after that, which was called The Booty, because it was pirate radio. Um, and so after that, I had The Fantastic Voyage was the name of my show, which I know is cute. <laughs> and so uh, another DJ, um, DJ Yellow, Mm -hmm. um, was out here and he was making music and stuff like a, um, and he had heard what I was doing and he said I have a radio show in DC over at another station would you like to be a part of that I was like sure and the rest is history every mm -hmm. show that I've ever done I've always had somebody come in even here and say would you like your own show um, so I've been doing this for like six or seven years this is mm -hmm. my sixth radio show and the third season of Fantastic Live and I just hope that it continues and blossoms and and I'm able to have my own residency see I've seen you on Instagram yeah I think that's how I, I found out about you I'm like okay yes there you go. and it's um uh, of course I was like stalking you or something um, <laughs> but you know uh, you know as I said I was filming this documentary I was about to go back 
back to, to, go, to go to LA and I was going to leave because I was just, you know, there's always that glass ceiling and crab barrel mentality of people out here. And someone from Onstage DC said, would you like, would you please stay and help me with this documentary? So that's what I've been doing over the course of the years is sitting down with people and asking what happened to mm -hmm. Chocolate City, what happened to the, you know, go-go and things like that. So I would also love for you to sit down and be a part of that if you could one okay. day. Mm -hmm. um, and that would be amazing, you know. So. Instagram has been, like you said, it's been a, a, a very helpful thing to me, but it's also been a hindrance because mm. I am not competitive at all because mm. I know like there's nobody in here in DC really doing what I'm doing. Mm. But you know, it's been a lot of, I don't get on social media and say me, me, me. I don't take a lot of revealing photos. I just, mm. I'm not covered in, you know, makeup and hair and stuff. So it's been kind of a hindrance because it's been a lot of you know, paying attention to the women who do that. Mm -hmm. But I've managed to keep this fan base of people who respect me for not, um, you know, busting it wide open on any type of thing. <laughs> but, you know, Instagram, you know, it definitely led me to my photographer. It led me to Mr. Cheeks and all these different people. So it's been a beautiful, amazing experience. And so I can hopefully just continue and, and just keep going and do better to where I have my own couch and my own studio audience. And mm -hmm. one day we'll talk about this and you'll be like, remember when you were just fangirling over me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that would be an amazing thing for me. So I never get to really tell my story like that. So thank you. Um, Thank you so much for coming. And if anybody needs to connect with you and find you. I'm on Instagram. <laughs> That's where you can find me. Uh, at legendary underscore DJ underscore cool on Instagram. And I'm so grateful for you being here. It's been a long time coming. And I'm just still, uh, I can't even believe I'm just so in shock. And I was totally sober for this show. So I'm just saying. <laughs> I didn't have to have a drink or anything. I just did it. No crutches. So um, thank you so much, Cole. It really I means the world it. to me that you would take your time out to be here for me. And of course, yes, if you could just allow me to go on tour with you, I would appreciate that. Just for thanks, you know. Um, each and every Saturday, I'm usually here <laughs> on the Fantastic Live Show just being a smart ass. Um, um, I don't think any other show will ever follow this one, ever. Ron, do you think any of the shows have ever been this great? No! Um, <laughs> but I, um, again, you guys can find me at the Titan Awards this weekend. It's going on at Karma DC, um, which is a whole nother place. I don't think I've hosted Karma or anything. They I mean, need to have a, a DJ Cool Hip Hop Award. Do you think we should start our own award show? Like, I think that Not we should. Not me for the Titan Awards. And here's the DJ Cool like the Hip Hop Award for whoever. Like the life, you know, long. Well, maybe not necessarily for me. If they want to do that, that's fine. But I'm just saying just yeah. an award named in my honor. That's what I'm saying. Like a Lifetime Achievement Award, right. like, you know, that people get, like, you know, when they're doing amazing. And I right. will tell them that, that there needs to be an honorary one. Because who better than you? <laughs> for hip-hop. Just saying, for hip-hop mm -hmm. at least. So you can find me there. Um, I won't be on the red carpet this year, but I will be there just to um, support and probably um, host, give an award away. Because almost every single artist that's up for an award, I've already interviewed mm. um, in my career. So I'm like a proud mama. So it feels good to be able to go in and, and just say I'm so proud of everybody and support the community because we need more.
more things like that, I feel mm -hmm. like, you mm -hmm. know. Um, so anyway, catch me not this Saturday, but another Saturday. Um, maybe <laughs> I think I'm working on next Saturday, but that was the plan of getting you in here and um, kind of like I'm going to have to recoup and recover from this. It's going to take me a little while. Um, but of course, obviously, we have Christmas coming and things like that. So we will be back. Thank you so much for tuning in to me. You can find me on Frantasy0505 on Instagram. You won't find any like nudes or anything sexy. I, I'm really just like this in real life and online. Um, so sorry to, to, to let you down there. Um, but you can all you can click the link in my bio and you too could be right here in this seat. Um, it won't be as lit, but you can still come in. Um, just kidding. Make sure you sign up and register and get in here. You can also perform live on our stage um, here at Star Imports. And we also need you guys to come in and donate our Vox Wave toy drive that we have every single year for the kids in the community. Thank you so much to everybody. Thank you, DJ Cool. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And I will see you next time. Bye. Peace.